Welcome to another episode of the Community Board Podcast with your host Miguel Valdez and I'm here today with my friend Jenny Joa. Jenny, how you doing? I'm amazing. How's your followers on Twitter? I bet it's... Gaining a little bit of momentum. <laughs> Jenny, you're new to social media. Well, not new. Uh, I am. I, I think that's an appropriate description. I might have had accounts, but I've not been active until recently. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So what is your favorite social media platform? Well, so far, I've oh. actually had to learn about Twitter because of a graduate class. So that's what I'm using mostly right now, which I like. That's great. Hey, Jenny. Um, now for everybody who's listening outside of Minnesota or, of Roche- or of, to the Rochester area, how would you describe this weather so far? It is. We're lucky. Well, kind of in a bad way, right, because of the environment. But unfortunately, um, at at the expense of the bigger picture, we're having some pretty pleasant weekends. (laughs) I know, the weather is incredible. So uh, also here around town, uh, well, first of all, before we go into the topics that we have lined up, I just want to invite everybody to follow us on Twitter. They can find us on their Community Board podcast, also on Facebook, Go on pages and find us on their community board. Um, on iTunes, also go and give us a review. Follow us, subscribe to our our podcast on Go iTunes and find us on their community board podcast. And uh, give us a like, share, talk to your friends. And if you have something to share, please contact us and uh, you can be part of this podcast. So also, um, so yesterday... Can you share with us what happened? I was talking to you, and then you mentioned, oh, I need to go to a meeting at at City Hall. No, City Hall, is that right? It was at City Hall, correct. Yeah, what was that about? Um, To the best of my understanding, it was a kind of a recent development based on um, some incidences. Um, Unfortunately, one fatality and one very serious accident of bicyclists um, at an intersection. Can you remind me what the intersection is? I think it was uh, 19th Street and by the Valley, Hi- Valley High Drive, right. I think. It's, um, it's an unusual intersection. It's very large. The corners are not at 90 degrees. And there was some concern about what the city could do. And it's a BC bike trail by well, it, right? Th- right. There is a, the Douglas Trail is right by it. But there are no bike lanes on the road. So um, so then bicyclists end up using the sidewalks or sometimes the street, is my understanding, to get from one point to the other. And it was at these intersections where, people, where there have been accidents, um, incidences where people have been hit. Yep. So some concern about the fact that you can have both a flashing yellow yep. arrow to take a left at the same time that the walk light is on for the pedestrians. And so some concern that, that those two things are creating um, an environment where someone, where we are as a community creating an environment for people to get hit. Okay. How long have you been commuting on bicycle? Um, I have been commuting, commuting. For, the, for at least six years, if not more. Um, and yeah. how, how do you see the... Uh, the increase of, of cycling 
I think I'm Here, energized as a by commuter. It. Yeah, I, I'm energized by it. I I feel like I'm seeing more and more. I ride all year, and I feel like I'm seeing more people in, even in the winter biking. I know there's a lot of publicity in the city about being bike friendly. I'm cautiously optimistic to see um, actual infrastructure for safe commuting. Um, it's undoubtedly a very good system for recreational riding, but my concern is that for functional riding, commuting, the bike lanes aren't where bikers actually are. So I I know it's frustrating as a culture for motorists, but um, I think it's a good and and right thing to do. Yeah, let's hope some good things comes out of this. You know, we always, that's all we uh, can hope. Uh, Also, you were sharing also that you have a, a sister visiting from out of town. Yes, my little sister, only a year and a half uh, difference. She lives in Geneva, Switzerland. She works for UNICEF. And does she bikes around when she's visiting? Or she walks she, around? How, how she, she walks, she does not bike so much anymore. <laughs> <laughs> it seems to be a a practice thing maybe, I'm not sure, yeah. confidence So thing. is she visiting for to stay for the holidays? Or yeah, her? she's visiting me for the holidays. She'll be here for two weeks, which is the longest she's ever been in Rochester. Um, unfortunately, every time she comes, it's cold, and it looks like she just missed a nice warm week, <laughs> and we're going to get cold again. <laughs> oh, wow. So, but that's okay. That's Welcome good. to Minnesota. Right? Yeah, so what are you guys going to be cooking, or, or are you guys do a traditional Thanksgiving dinner? Yes, my sister-in-law will host a traditional dinner, and um, thankfully, it's always very flexible. Is she a Minnesotan? Yeah, she is Minnesotan. They are, um, they are from here. And very gracious hosts, so, so I'm very happy. I'm very lucky. Ah, uh, great. What about you? Well, I'm gonna be uh, with my family too, with my on my wife's family side, mm-hmm. and they're also a Minnesotan, and uh, you know, get a chance to see all the family. Yeah, that's nice, and right? That's so let the holidays begin. Yeah. Gain a couple pounds, get a little sleepy. <laughs> I know it's getting dark. Hey, let me tell you. So I was I was gone. Uh, uh, almost two weeks ago for, for the American Public Health Association meeting, APHA, in Denver. And I was surprised with the, the city. It was really, really pretty. Lots of bike commuters, yes. uh, lots of bike lanes, great transportation. The train from the airport to right to the hotel, it was incredible. Free shuttles, amazing. A Great lot of job. pedestrian only yeah, streets, yeah, no, so it's, it's very friendly and yep, safe. Yep, it felt really good. And I got a chance to talk with the people from uh, the Men's Health Caucus, and I'm amazed the the work that they do and and the awareness and the message that they share, and I would like to share this with you. So when you're uh, getting together with your family and friends over the holidays, uh, you know it's a good time to... Have a com- have a conversation about uh, health issues that run within the family because a lot of times you know we don't we don't share those or or as longer I mean for the younger generations it's good to be aware of that. right because we're gonna be around family this is really appropriate yeah to get everyone's history maybe not a detailed medical no, history but, but certainly I agree those things should be discussed yeah so. Let's go to the interview and uh, stay tuned for our community board. And follow, again, make sure you give us a review on iTunes, on SoundCloud. Uh, and let's go to the interview. And thank you for coming by, Jenny. 
You're very welcome. All Happy right. health to you and everyone yeah, else. Yeah, we should come and give us some uh, of your family traditions, recipes. Oh, dear. <laughs> All right. Let's go to the interview and uh, stay tuned. Hi. Now we're talking here with Stephen Petty. Stephen, uh, I hear that you have a, a beer gut. Is that true? I'm trying to get rid of my beer gut to be a great influence for men across this country to be better at wellness. Beer is good in, in moderation, but exercise is key. So, I, And I also see that you started the Movember early. I, I did. I shaved my head and I started growing out my Movember because I'm from Oklahoma and we are all about Movember and I decided I was going to show them how to do Movember this year. So, exactly. Great. So, hey, tell me a little bit about your role on the Men's Health Network. Caucus. I'm actually, the Men's Health Network is who sponsors the Men's Health Caucus, and I'm currently the chairman, and that's through the American Public Health Association. So we're six years old, we're, so we're a fairly new caucus, and I've had the uh, privilege of being the chairperson for that for the last two years. And uh, Anna Fadic will be taking over as of the end of this, actually tonight. She takes over as chairperson. Each chairperson does it for two years. Uh, but I'm I actually from Oklahoma, and I work for a health system, Integris Health, and we do men's health uh, for Oklahoma because Oklahoma is one of the worst states in the nation for everything you could think of as far as health indicators. So about 14 years ago, I got hooked up with the Men's Health Network trying to find out what was going on uh, nationally. What, what do you do? What? So uh, so I, my background is in journalism and public relations, but I do all the community wellness, and that is uh, reaching out to those people that don't have insurance, that can't afford it, uh, those people that are undocumented. They cost so much going to the emergency rooms, using it for a clinic. So we're trying to keep people out of the emergency rooms. Uh, we call it health literacy uh, across the country, just trying to get people to understand they don't have to use the emergency room. There's so many other resources, and especially for men. We're trying to tell men, your health is important. Uh, rather than waiting for a, a dramatic incident where you have a heart attack or a stroke, we're trying to get men to understand their health is just as important as, as their children and their wives. They need to understand how to take care of themselves, and we're trying to get it at a younger age because there's so many guys... Um, you know, women go to the doctor much more than men do, and we're trying to get it before that chronic illness where they end up in the emergency room with a stroke that's debilitating. We're trying to make sure that we get them that education, and we do a lot of different um, health events, uh, and we target different communities. We have the Hispanic community, the Native American, minorities, and then just men in general, because in Oklahoma... Um, and in, in a lot of states, there's not a lot of people that do men's health when we first started. Now, it's coming to a point where a lot of people are doing men's health now, which is fantastic. But there's still so much more education because men don't feel like they need to go to the doctor. You're, you've been in this field for so long, so maybe you can help me with this. So, for example, when uh, in a church they do doing a, a blood pressure check and, and then by everybody and all the ladies and everybody participating the men like no 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 I'm fine I'm fine no 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 I don't want to know what, what, what do you see in there what I see is men don't really want to know that's the sad part men would rather wait I don't even think they're rather right they don't want to see be seen as weak uh, women will go much more they take the kids but once you especially once you grow up if you're not doing sports 
uh, most guys, most teenagers, and most college uh, guys, they don't go to the doctor. And then they, they deny. I think men are in denial. We are superhuman. Nothing's going to hurt us. And we wait until the last minute, and we end up in the emergency. Shake it off. Exactly. Don't cry. Big boys don't cry. That is, you know, that's the mantra of men from that generation. And it's played over for so many generations that guys just don't, they don't want to be seen as weak. And, and me being in the healthcare industry, you know, I go to the doctor probably more than a lot of my friends do because I have easier access. And that's the other thing we're trying to get. How do we get access to those guys that need to go to the doctor, to know their numbers, especially if they have a family history of heart attack, stroke, prostate cancer, and just trying to get guys to understand, listen, you're not immortal, you know. Um, what, what about uh, the literacy that you mentioned? To take advantage of those short 20 minutes in a door, do, doctor visit, yeah. how do you guys do some of that training too? Because yeah. it's, that's a, it takes a lot, you know. We're, we're actually using a lot of health educators, especially in the Hispanic community, because we have so many that have come over, they're undocumented, but we're trying to make sure they understand. It's okay to go to this, do, you know, you're not going to be deported or anything like that, but we have a free clinic also that a lot of them go to, and then we have physicians there and health educators that say, this is when you need to go to a doctor. Don't go to the emergency room. This is what you need to learn, and we're trying to get them hooked up with resources for education. We do a lot of support groups, and then we do a lot of health screenings that are completely free throughout the year for all minorities and then anybody in general, especially men. We do about three different events, November being one of them. Uh, in fact, tonight in Oklahoma, they're doing pancakes and prostates. So who does pancakes and prostates? But it gets people's attention. You come for pancakes, and then you're going to get your prostate checked. You know, So you're going to get sticky no matter what. It's a winning situation. It is a winning situation. You're going to eat, and then you're going to make sure that you're okay. But that is the main thing that we have found with men's health in Oklahoma. We've been doing it for 14 years, and the way we've been successful is we tie it to sports. So we have a sports radio station that are our biggest champions, and they talk about it. They joke about it. That's what guys do. We joke about it, but we also send that message home. Hey, well, what, what's your blood pressure, or, or have you gotten uh, you know, a prostate exam? So we talk about it. And I think guys feel more, um, uh, they, they will engage more if they don't feel that in Stigma. Exactly, the stigma. So we try to do it outside our hospital walls. We, we have other events going on with it. We've had car shows. We've had, uh, you know, grilling competitions, uh, different things like that. Just to get guys there, you attract them with something shiny, something that they, and, and, and something they're interested in. And then you say, hey, why don't you go get your blood pressure checked? How's your cholesterol? And, and we're trying to make it to where it's not scary, uh, not uh, inhibiting them in any way, and, and giving them access. At what, at what age window is preferably to get a, a checkup for prostate? So prostate, they say that 40 if you've got a family history of any kind of cancer or your father, your uncles, or your grandfather had prostate. Now, and I'm not clinical. I'm just telling you what the way we do that. But if you do have it, you know, definitely 40s. But usually it's in the 50s when you do that. But, again, you're wanting to check with your personal physician. And if you don't have one, we always try to set you up with a physician or a health care provider so you can go and get checked out. Hey, I hear also about a campaign about over holidays. It's a good time to talk about these things because that's when the family gets together also to learn about family history. Exactly, because it's funny. You don't. 
usually hear mom and dad may say something about, oh, Grandpa George had cancer. But it's amazing when you start talking about that. And, and the older you get, it seems that you start talking about your health, your aches and pains more. But to find out, what do you mean Uncle Joe died of prostate cancer? Well, I didn't know that. But you need to know that, you know, because you might have those genes that, you know, and, and men in general, especially the older you get, your chances of prostate getting prostate can, cancer increase. But if you can catch it early, it's one of the, the one of those cancers that are the most treatable. Uh, the other thing we're looking at is testicular, excuse me, testicular cancer in younger kids, especially high school boys in college. Trying to get that, you know, everybody's giggles about that. But what we do in Oklahoma, uh, we have a set of uh, golf balls and we have it in a drawstring pouch, and then we put a testicular cancer. Uh, screening card on there for for them and we hand that out at colleges it's funny they laugh about it but then they think you know what next time i'm in the shower maybe i should check Uh, but we have found that making it humorous but selling a very serious message that's worked for us and where can people come and get some of those campaigns uh, materials so the men's health network is just men's health dot, men's health network.com they are our sponsor for the men's health caucus through the american public health association and then a lot of our affiliates such as myself even though i'm i'm not with the the actual men's health network i'm a volunteer and then i'm serving as chairman I live in Oklahoma, so I do that through Integris Health in Oklahoma. And there's so many of my colleagues that are either working in uh, the cl- colleges that are doing things for men's health, a lot of us in healthcare, a lot of us in nonprofit and public health. We're all trying to do that grassroots effort of access, education, and getting men to understand that their health is important and not taking away anything from women or children's health, but having that breadwinner or that person that you care about, if he's male, they need to get checked. Thank you. Thank you so much for the work you do and keep the good work. Well, thank you everybody for uh, stick to this show. Make sure you follow us on Twitter, Facebook, on the community board. If you want to find out about the links that we're going to be posting, check out our website at smartrightnetwork.net. Bye-bye.